0: Um, In case you haven't met me before, um, Tim doesn't always side-hug people that he's praying for. We are married. (laughs) Did you mention that? No? It's okay. Um, So I did spend a fair bit of yesterday staring at a blank white screen piece of paper. Um, But God is gracious and grace enough for today. But do forgive me if I say something dumb. Um, The chances are high. Even on a normal day, the chances are high. But I'm so grateful for, you know, that he is the source. Um, and sometimes it's times like this that I remember that he is the source and that's really good for me to remember. Sometimes I feel like I can handle it on my own. So I'm glad for that. But I did come um, through the welcoming doors this morning and Jack was there and we are like, whew, what a week, eh? Hey? Like, Do you feel like God's saying anything? He said, well, you know... I'm quoting, he, I'm quoting him here, paraphrasing Jack. Um, you know, when someone someone passes away, but also someone is getting baptized. Um, so all of that together doesn't that just equal old life, to new life? Yeah. Um, and I was so grateful because that's what's written on my piece of paper. <laughs> So that's why God is good. But I want to read Psalm 90, verse 2, this morning. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And Psalm 102, 25 to 28: Of old you founded the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. Even they will perish, but you endure. Like all of them will wear out like a garment, like clothing you will change them and they will be changed, but you are the same. And your years will not come to an end. The children of your servants will continue and their descendants will be established before you. Um, and we borrowed a picture book out of the Launceston Library this week, which is a funny little book. But it's a book that has a page, um, each story, no, each page has its own story. And so we got up to the page for the letter F, and it's a story about Ferdinand and his pet frog, who found a hole that went on forever. And so he's like, so he decided to drop a penny in it to see how long it took to hit the bottom. And then you turn the page, and there's Ferdinand with a beard this long, um, and his frog's just a little skeleton, <laughs> and says he's been waiting a long time. That's because forever never ends. <laughs> and this is a story for five-year-olds, so it's pretty deep. But we live in this culture and in this society that's quite a scientific worldview. We have this linear view of time where things have a beginning and an ending. And our culture really struggles with something that always was and always will be. Uh, And sometimes, you know, this culture affects us even though we have the truth of God's word and we're used to words like eternity and eternal and everlasting Uh, We still struggle with that concept sometimes. And even sometimes we think of God's story as from creation to the end times. But that's actually only when we joined his story. His story has been going on forever. Mind blown. And those psalms says, before you even formed the earth, you were already God. Even the heavens and the work of your hands, they're going to perish, but you endure his story stretches beyond that. So I want to go back to where we joined the story, Genesis 1.27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. We're the only things made in his image. So we were made with the spirit. Um, and I do a lot of things with the Department of Education around emotional literacy and wellness for kids. Um, And I know, because of my worldview, that the spiritual foundation, the spirit is incredibly important and foundational to who we are as people. Um, And it's that, I love what the department knows that's true somehow. (laughs) The rest of the world kind of knows that's true. So they try and sneak the word spiritual into things when they're talking about how healthy we are and how well we are. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So, I'm allowed to use the word spiritual. That's good. Um, but they framed it like this. Something to do with connection to the world and others. Knowing your place and your purpose in life. Okay? That's from educational documents. Um, and sometimes they add this little tagline too. With or without organised religion. <laughs> Just give, give a little room for that. Um, and that they got that right. There's something about our spirits that is built for connection. ...built for connection um, with this eternal thing. That we are not the source of what's going on here. We're just destined and born to be connected to that. So they got the connection part right but they skipped the Jesus bit. (laughs) So spiritual life to us is a connection and sustaining of the life of God into ours. So this yearning for the transcendent... ...so realising that there's a purpose in life and there's more... ...than there is here. That's a human thing. And Ecclesiastes 3.11, you might have heard that before. He has put eternity in the hearts of men. There's something about how we're built. Then Genesis 2, chapter 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground... ...and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life... ...and man became a living being. If you read that, you realise... okay, there's two things going on here. The first thing is that we had a body already made a body out of the dust but we didn't become a living being until God breathed the breath of life into us and last week when Russ talked about Ezekiel 37 he mentioned the Bible often uses breath and spirit interchangeably so we weren't alive without his spirit even though we'd already been made and then if you go on through that story <laughs> where things got interesting Um, Genesis 3.3, their one instruction, you know, the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. But then what happened next? They did. And the story kept going, didn't it? So other things happened to Adam after he ate the fruit. So did God lie? Was it just an idle threat? it's just that his version of life and death is in here when the bible talks about life and death sometimes it's talking about the spiritual so it's our spiritual life that takes precedence in his kingdom not our physical body and what died that day was our covenant relationship and in our eternal connection with him And all of us were changed from that moment on, all of humanity. It says Romans 5. I'm going to read a little bit today. I feel like Russ. (laughs) I was writing this down. I'm like, ooh, I feel like I've been discipled in the word. Look at all these scriptures. Romans 5, 17 to 21. Love you, Russ, if you're listening. For if by the one man's offence death reigned through the one, Much more, those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offence, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous." Moreover, the law entered that, those, that the offence might abound. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so, grace may reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Sometimes I think we consider eternal life and we think of it as living forever with more of the same of what we've experienced here. And let's be honest, who's ever thought of eternity like that and thought, oh, I hope I don't get bored? (laughs) Be honest. (laughs) Because we've got this idea that it's coming one day. So here we are. And then one day, there's going to be this eternal life, like some kind of insurance policy or a reward. Good job. So we sometimes talk about this life and the next life and I could only find that once in the Bible. In 1 Timothy 4.8 where it says physical training is of some value but godliness is training for this life and the life to come. It's the only place I could find it. And maybe only the parable about Lazarus and the rich man where they talk about eternity and the different experiences they had. That's all I could find. The rest of the time it talks about old life and new life or darkness and light or death and life so after romans 5 we're going to romans 6 1 to 11 and then it says what shall we say then shall we continue in sin that grace may abound certainly not how shall we who died to sin live any longer in it or do you not know that men as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death ...who has died has been free from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him... ...knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all... ...and the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin... ...but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's so fitting... Um, This passage talks about baptism, which we're doing today. It's very exciting. And if you haven't heard this phrase before about baptism, there's actually nothing magic about the water. There's nothing blessed or holy about the water. It's just a regular old Bunnings indoor spa. But the symbol that happens in there is uh, a demonstration of the change that's already taken place when someone's put faith in Jesus. Some people say it's an outward symbol of an internal change so going under the water symbolizes the old life is gone we identify with Jesus in his death and coming up out of the water means we identify with him in life and resurrection Jesus lives forevermore after his resurrection he didn't die again so will we Um, because I'm not talking about the physical we're talking about the spiritual that's it for death now once we have a relationship with Jesus. Now this is really hard to get our heads around because we're so used to living in this physical world with what we can see. Um, And all this talk about death and life is not talking about the physical. It's talking about the spiritual and this inward world and this inward reality. And sometimes people think of baptism as a symbol of I'm good now or I can call myself a Christian now. I think I've got it set. I know what I'm doing. Or I'm going to try and be good now. (laughs) with various degrees of success (laughs) but mostly the pattern that we see in the word is that people got baptized once they believed that instant there's no delay of time of waiting for us uh, to get our act together which is what denise shared with us before we don't have to wait till we're lovely and sometimes we talk about being christian um, because the world looks at the scene So they're looking for behaviour modification. That's what they're focused on. And sometimes people who don't know Jesus get this mixed up all the time because generally speaking, Christians try try really hard to be fairly nice people, fairly generous, fairly open-hearted, generally speaking. And so without understanding the change that's taken place where it can't be seen, um, sometimes people are just looking for this outward expression of what's going on. So it just looks like we're trying to be good. But what they're really seeing is a dead spirit made back to life. Because all our external behaviour is driven by internal motivations. So what people are seeing is just an outward manifestation of the life of Christ within us. And that's where we get mixed up. Because Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. I'm going to restore um, our, this covenant relationship of him being the source of life in us that we were supposed to have. That's the original state of intimacy we were born for. And without it, no matter how rich we are, no matter how attractive, kind, no matter how woke we are, you young people in the audience here, no matter how talented, innovative, successful, determined, clever, connected, popular, ethical, spiritual or Christian in terms of how the word used those terms. (laughs) It doesn't matter, any of that, because without Jesus, there is no life on the inside, no matter what it looks on the outside. Um, My favourite song at the moment is driving my family nuts because whenever it's my choice in the car, I put the same song on. Like, can you just pick something else? It's like, no, I can't because I love this song. Um, and I don't know if I can actually share the lyrics with you without singing it... ...but I'm going to try very hard because I'm not really allowed to sing at home either. <laughs> actually, sometimes when no one's home I sing and play it on the piano by myself. And nobody knows. But anyway... Um, It's a song called Still Rolling Rolling Stones by Lauren Daigle. And it's really groovy, which is why I'm going to struggle just saying the lyrics. But the lyrics are, All at once I came alive. This beating heart, these open eyes, the grave let go. The darkness should have known you're still rolling stones. And that's the miracle. All at once, that instant. Um, Because it's not this life and next life... Accepting Jesus in faith is the moment our real life begins. And that happens here on earth. What happens in heaven is just a continuation of the life that's already started. Um, and I don't know if you've been on the news this week because Kanye West has just released a new album called Jesus is King and he's kind of on a spiritual journey. But we watched an interview with him, um, which is carpool karaoke which is kind of supposed to be comedy. But they were were just talking um, with James Corden, interviewing him. Um, They were just talking about the problems in the world and getting his perspective on it. And it was just like this truth bomb dropped. They were just talking about, okay, what's our biggest problem? Is it money? Is it fame? What is it? He's like, people are just spiritually dead. And then, you know, the pause that comes after that. Well, what what does that actually mean? You know, we can have all of this and still not be... ...on fire and alive on the inside. So our biggest transition is not the day we die. Um, Our spirit does go to be with Jesus... ...and we get our new heavenly body, yes. Because I found five grey hairs last week. (laughs) Actually, I lied. Tim found five grey hairs. I didn't know they were there. (laughs) So bring on that heavenly body. Um, And he, he makes new stuff... With one word. You know, he created stuff with one word. Him giving us our heavenly body after we've finished with this earthly body. No big deal. So easy. And actually you don't read much in the Bible about that moment. It's there. But the moment that we enter God's kingdom, there's a whole bunch of stories about that, isn't there? Describing that celebration in heaven, the lost coin, the lost sheep, the prodigal son, they all feature... A giant party in heaven. So our biggest transition is actually the day we first believe. Boom. That's the day the life starts. That's the day we've arrived in the kingdom. Our eternal life has already begun. It's here and now. We're living our eternal life right now. Um, And we're not like wandering around like this in robes with bare feet on fluffy white clouds. Admit it. That's what you thought heaven looks like. Thanks, Hollywood. That's what Hollywood's done to heaven. They've made it like really boring. <laughs> and where we don't get to do anything and we're all like really calm. Weirdly calm, actually. Um, that's not how the Bible describes heaven at all, by the way. <clears throat> so that's why. Oh, I've skipped a bit. There's my page. Oh, I hope it makes sense because I think I've left a page on my printer. <coughs> Don't worry, guys. <laughs> well, yeah, the bit I've missed out that I was going to say is this, is that is why we grieve differently. And where it does talk about losing people that we love, especially believers that we love, I forget where the scripture is. Is it up there? One of them. <laughs> Um, It says, we do not grieve like those who have no hope. And we do grieve. We're allowed to and we're going to. And that process takes quite some time. And there will always be treasured love and treasured memories of people that we've lost. And we're not talking about eternal life today and skipping over the fact that grief is real. We're just saying it's different. And it's different... Because the hope we have is real. So, we grieve, but we grieve with hope, which is totally different. There it is. Oh, no. Oh, no, it's right here. <laughs> I know. I forgot my preaching glasses. Jack always laughs at me when I come with my glasses because he knows I'm preaching. I forgot my preaching glasses. It's right here on the page. So, we do so. We grieve because we're allowed to. Jesus did. When bad stuff happened, Jesus got upset. He had a physical and an emotional response to stuff that happened to him. So if he's the exact re- exact representation of God um, and he never sinned and he got to grieve, so do we. Yeah. So we can all just relax into that. There's space for that. But... When we do suffer loss, change, heartbreak, all that stuff, it's just different when you know that the outside stuff is just the temporary and it's the inside stuff that's the gold. Because we say stuff to each other in times of loss. And they're true things. They've gone to be with Jesus. They're in a better place. They're more alive than they've ever been. They're healed completely. Um... Mary texts me one about Zelda. She said, I'm so elated for her. And it must seem a little bit insensitive. Insensitive. Unsensitive. (laughs) Usually I'm intelligent. (laughs) Seem insensitive to people who don't know about eternity. Right? That we're just giving a, a glib answer to try and make our friends feel better. But when you know what we're talking about, about the life of God that's already started, Um, it's not trivialising earthly loss. It's reminding us that we grieve with hope. And we're not diminishing or deflecting the pain of grief. We're just holding that grief with exactly the same weight as the hope that we have. If not more for the hope that we have. Because 2 Corinthians 4.18... While we do not look at things which are seen, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Um, and other versions say, fix your eyes on the things that are unseen. It's a fairly focused way of living, isn't it? When the, the culture is to be so obsessed with the here and now. And how things look on the outside and two years ago when we were in this journey um, of, of trying to figure out what God was doing here and whether he wanted to plan a church here and we call it our wandering years you probably heard me talk about the wandering years they were fun um, but I just said to God I just need something a moment of clarity that will break through when the thinking about the options just becomes a bit much you know, when you're in transition, <laughs> well, I could do this and I could do that and what's God doing and I could move here and I could do that. And he gave me this picture of a long corridor with a hall runner you know, and all these doors, you know, how you go down one of those historic homes and there's just a million bedrooms on each side and then at the end there was Jesus and he's just like, just walk straight. fix your eyes on jesus the author and perfecter of your faith and these side doors were like little opportunities or thoughts or distractions that i could open the door and look in and then since then every time one of those opportunities and distractions happen it's like this little tap it's like hey hey (laughs) eyes on eyes on keep your eyes fixed on what really matters because everything we see here is temporary and sometimes we understand that our physical being is temporary Especially on weeks like this. We understand that. But we don't understand that everything is temporary. This whole world will pass away. Um, and so I want to just finish by reading a fair bit of scripture, but about what we can't see yet. Because we've got this hope. So we're going to fix a little bit on the unseen of the hope that we can't see right now. Revelation twenty-one. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was also no more sea. There I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming out of the heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death. No sorrow, no crying. No crying. <laughs> with my tissues. I'm okay. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. All those things are temporary. Because they're to do with the physical world, not the spiritual. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write these words, are faithful and true. He said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Revelation 22. And he showed me a pure river of the water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no night there. They need no lamp nor light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. And Jesus' face is unseen by us right now. ...but in it is eternal life. In Jesus we receive his resurrection life. Full, complete victory over sin and death forevermore. And it starts right now. It's not when it's our turn to leave our earthly body. Our eternal life has already started... ...if we're connected to Jesus. And if you know what I mean by spiritual deadness... ...you recognise that state in yourself... And you know that you're not connected to the life of Jesus right now, or you've never accepted what He did on the cross, dying for us. You know, today is a really good day to start an eternal life. And we're probably just going to end with a bit of worship before we get into the baptisms, probably. Um, but if that's you, I really encourage you. Um, to make it known to someone, someone that you came with or some people that you recognise or some of us um, who are serving today that, okay, (laughs) I need my eternal life to start right now. I need the life of God. And I just wanted to finish with Revelation 2020, the very last thing written in the Bible as a reminder to fix our eyes on what's unseen says, he who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus.